0: Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine on sale now. From the dirt tracks across Australia, welcome to Inside Speedway with Dennis Newman and Craig Revelle.
1: Well, thanks very much to Sean Wood from the Dirt Track channel there. I'm Craig Revell and Dennis Newland, it's a pleasure to have you working with me on this show. It should be uh, an interesting one for both of us, I'm sure.
2: Oh, it certainly will be, uh, Craig, and uh, thanks for the invitation to be involved. I'm absolutely delighted. Thank you.
1: It was an interesting week to kick off the show too. The Australian Speedway Championship came to its conclusion, not without its share of dramas either. Was it, uh, Dennis, with the first round having to be abandoned? Oh. But uh, out at Gilmore Speedway, Max Frick did the job and has gone back-to-back now for the uh, Australian Speedway Championship or for the Solos, as some of us like to call them. Yeah,
2: exactly right. Uh, Max Frick um, is certainly um, a rider who's got a big year ahead of him, Craig. Um, Not only the fact that uh, he won and retained his Australian Championship and successfully, successfully defended the trophy, but uh, it's a big year with the uh, Grand Prix rounds he's involved with. And uh, it's very interesting to note too with uh, Max Frick, Um, he declined to ride for the Bellevue Aces in the British League this season, the Premiership, concentrating more on the rounds in, uh, sorry, the clubs in Sweden and Poland. So uh, I think uh, that's given a clear indication where his priorities are this year. Certainly first and foremost is the Grand Prix and his opportunities. I mean, he's already shown in the past, he's up to the standard with his appearance as either a wild card or a rider that's come in as a replacement and um, eagerly anticipated uh, Max Frick in in the year 2020, um, Craig.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. Him and Doyley gives us plenty to cheer about in 2020 on the world speedway scene. Uh, World Series, Dennis, up at, uh, well, one of the places I know is a special place in your heart, the Castrol Edge-Lismore Speedway.
2: Oh, yes, what a night. What a great night for promoter Dave Lander. Castrol Edge-Lismore Speedway, World Series sprint cars, making a return there after a number of years. It was round 10 of their series, and it was a massive crowd in attendance. The racing was brilliant. And, and Craig, I've got to tell you something. There is, a, there is a bit of a myth going around that, you know, Lismore is a one lane track. And, and, and I must say the car count outside of World Series, there's not a massive car count, but it didn't really matter. We had the best of the best anyway. And what we saw was the best of the best. It was a brilliant night. But the most pleasing aspect was the fact that the track, you could use the high line, the middle and the low line. And that's what we saw, outside passes, inside passes. Now, as you know, Lismore is a is a very short track. I mean, um, it, it is a circular ball ring. That's the best way to describe it. No other way. And the sprint cars handled it superbly. And look, it was a great race. And what the pleasing aspect was, and people saying, oh, you can't pass on Lismore. Well, James McFadden won it out of position eight and Corey Eliasson started out of 10 and finished second. So what does that tell you? Mm. You know, um, Kerry Madsen was third, so there's your top three. Tough night at the office for Kerry Madsen. Smacked the wall pretty hard after his time time trial lap and did a fair bit of damage to the car. The crew actually had to replace the fuel tank. All the suspension was damaged. A bit of work, but as, of course, as we know, these cars come with spares for spares. And it wasn't too much later into the night that the car was completely rebuilt and ready to go for his heat. Um, So, look, overall, um, a tremendous night. Dave uh, Murcott was fastest in qualifying uh, in the time trials, 11.809 seconds, Uh, good effort, great night, great crowd, great racing. And uh, David Lander was very, very happy with the result. And I also believe, according to Speedway Australia, the figures from... um, the live streaming were impressive as well. A lot of people were watching it around the country and uh, that, that's a massive plus for, for Lismore. And, and don't be surprised, it'll be back there next year. Mm. I'm quite sure of that. Well, I mean, uh, as, you, you know, as you know, it's been a fair bit of time with Dave Lander and, and he was very happy with the result. Mm. Uh,
1: I was going to say that it was a good comeback after the rain because the cancellation oh. of night two up at, there at uh, Archerfield. Well, you know,
2: I tell you what—he was very, very lucky to get the meeting run because in Lismore on the day it was raining, and at two o'clock in the afternoon, um, out at the track, and then travelling back into into the city, um, it was pouring. I mean, and you would not—you would not have thought it would have been able to uh, be run, and of course the, the cloud. Level was very low and it was heavy rain for about twenty five minutes. But you know um, miracles do occur, and the clouds broke, and by late in the afternoon, uh, the sun the sun started peeping through, and and it was a signal uh, to um, the people to turn up on mass, and that's what they did. <laughs> um, the the interesting part though, and un- well, I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, I mean it was a big crowd anyway but um, the, the rain did persist down south near Ballinan and further down and came down in bucket loads from what we heard all day, which was a deterrent for some people, I guess, say. and also too around the, the border of New South Wales, Queensland, it was Paradise, that lower region there in below uh, the southeastern corner of uh, Brisbane, oh, sorry, of Queensland, uh, was raining all day and, and it probably would have got a few more people out of, out of Brisbane to come down for it. But still, it didn't, it didn't deter from the actual numbers. It was a big crowd. Dave Landers said it was the biggest crowd he's had in 10 years and not far off the record crowd that since he's promoted there of the 2009-2010 Australian Super Sedan Championship. So, you know, there was a lot going for him on the night. It was a risk. It was a Tuesday night. And we know that um, you know um, a midweek meeting, particularly World Series, which doesn't come cheap. That's one point. A lot of people said, "Well, Gypsy would have done all right tonight." Oh, <laughs> Well, hang, hang on a minute. This is not a cheap show, you know. And and fortunately, yes, he did cover his costs. And yes, it was a good crowd, and it's probably given him the incentive to seriously think about it again next year. So um, that's the end result of Lismore. But a great night, media coverage. And, and as you know, uh, we we get great support in Lismore from the media. They were fabulous. They really, really accommodated us so much with with me, with newspaper space, space, organising the TV interviews, etc. It was full on, you know. And and that's the end result: mm. a win for everybody, a win for the sport, mm. and a win for World Series Sprint Cars and Dave Lander. So it was a great night. So yeah.
1: After 10 rounds of the World Series sprint cars, the top five, James McFadden, Kerry Madsen, two familiar names there, uh, Jock Gooder, Brooke Tattnell and Lucas Wolfe. So an interestingly poised championship, that's for sure. Now, down at yeah. Valvoline Raceway, the GT Challenge last weekend. And it was uh, great seeing the speed cars, sprint cars on that same, on that same bill. And it was an interesting night, to say the very least, Dennis. Well, it was a great
2: night. Um,
1: look, the, the one thing I think that
2: made it a great night, and, and you know, you talk old school, you talk the way it used to be, there's nothing like seeing the fastest from the back. I don't care. I know we're in a different world, and the technology is all different, and the sprint car technology... You know, even even the slowest car in a sprint car race is a fast car. It's different from years ago. I, I take all that on board. But you still cannot get away from the fact that seeing the best and the fastest man, driver, drivers, whatever, from the back come through the field is what makes this sport so exciting. And that's what made the midget part of the program so genuinely exciting. I mean, it was just superb how... Carson Macedo came through from the back mark and almost, I think, 0.094 seconds behind as they crossed the line. The win, you know, Michael Stewart's victory in the GP GP Challenge was just superb. And, um, you know, everyone um, with that race on the night, it it was just, just brilliant. Uh, it was a great night already. It really was.
1: You know. Well, we had a chance to hear from Michael Stewart, and we started by asking him how much he knew about George Tatnell.
3: Yeah, look, um, obviously Pop and, and Dad have followed Speedway for a, a lot of years, um, and, you know, the whole Tatnell family, they've obviously always been a massive icon for um, Speedway in general and just what George did over his time of racing and everything. Um, I remember when I was a young fella, First, going to Goldman Speedway, and it was not long after his passing. And you know, the um, sort of rapport that everyone had about George and everyone that um, had words to say about him was pretty special to see that. And um, personally, I didn't really get to watch him race or see him race. I've seen a lot of videos of him um, since, and yeah, he was a pretty spectacular race car driver. And uh, yeah, that certainly shows him Brook now being one of the legends of this era um, and he's certainly a person that I look up to. It's
1: a 2024 Michael Stewart where he's doing double duty at a lot of races. So we found out what he was doing for the rest of this season.
3: I mean, we're still going to be doing double duties in the global racing in Dole before you dig get the do Spring sprint car. Um, we're looking to chase down the uh, USC Challenge still. Um, we're going to do the last three rounds of that. Uh, still pushing with the Parramatta speed car scene, um, absolutely, and we're going to be doing the Australian Speed Car Championship at Warrnambool, Um, we're really looking forward to that, and obviously chasing down the New South Wales title and the 50 lapper at the end of the year, that's something that everyone's looking forward to, so we'll certainly be kicking on with our program um, as we have been, and we'll be chasing double duties every time we can do it, Um, yeah, just trying to get as much racing in as we can, obviously the sprint car deal is pretty full on for me, and, and the team's putting a lot of effort in, so we're really trying to. Do good things there, and um, yeah, we'll fit speed car in sort of when we can, and and if we can run double duties, it's great. It gives us great exposure, and it's it's uh, certainly makes the night a bit faster, and you sort of get do a lot more racing when you're doing the double duties, that's for sure.
1: Michael Stewart joining us there with his thoughts on winning the GT Challenge last weekend, and he certainly has proved to be very fast. Now, one thing, Dennis, that I know we're both mindful of is uh, because you're based in New South Wales, I'm based in the ACT, it could become very Sydney-centric, our show, but uh, we are going to be very mindful of going around the country throughout the, uh, the of season of this show.
2: Just before I talk a little bit more about that, just, just to wrap up a couple of little things about Valvoline Raceway, Carson Macedo, um, also took out the uh, Sprint Car a Main on uh, last uh, weekend at Valvoline Raceway. Marcus Dumsney was second and Jackson Dellamont third. Interesting, the Speed Week tournament, although he never won a main event, Craig, Marcus Dumsney was the Speed Week champion. Uh, great effort. I just wanted to put that in. Just mm-hmm. uh, what you were just saying, preempting that, yes, that is correct. It is a national program. And there's a lot happening on the national scene uh, for the remainder of the season. Plenty of
1: events coming
2: up, for sure.
1: So, to head across the straight, as it were, congratulations to Brock Webster, who claimed the Tasmanian Speed Car Championship last weekend at Carrick Speedway. And, of course, the big one for the sprint car drivers is down at La Trobe Speedway with the 2020 championship. And uh, I know for the longest time there, certainly when I was younger, they didn't even have speed cars or sprint cars on the island. Yep, yeah,
2: That's very, very true, actually. been a massive turnaround in the last 30 years down there. I, I Actually, um, I can remember going to Carrick Speedway uh, in 1992, I think it was, uh, 1991 for the Australian Sprint Car Championship. And, and that was even way back then, considered something of a major breakthrough uh, that, that um, the national sprint car title uh, was heading to Tasmania. So um, it, it's changed a lot over the last 30 years, Craig. There's, there's no doubt about that. Mm. And Tasmania, and, and look at some of the drivers who have emerged, and you know we, we, we know they're now a vital part of the national scene. And it's great, Trobe hosting the Australian Sprint Car Championship once again.
1: Well, finally, we'll head over to Tulsa for the Chilli Bowl. Earlier this morning, I had a chance to speak to Glenn Ravel from P1 Australia about how this week was shaping up and, well, was there much snow out there at Tulsa? No, it's actually quite warm this week here in Tulsa. Um, yeah. Previous years there's been lots of snow and not real nice, but it's, um, it's actually, sun like today, sun's out and it's, it's not too warm how's the crowd built up over the course of the week oh yeah yeah it's actually i think this year compared to last year like early in the week it's a hell of a lot busier than what it was previously which is is good it's it's a marquee event over here and you're supporting a number of competitors that are running the p1 of australia equipment over there yeah our customer base is expanding and we're working with a lot of different teams and they're all happy and we one of our teams had a had a win on opening night which is really good and um, it's a long week though. It is indeed. Well, Glenn, great to catch up with you and enjoy the rest of your time at the Chili Bowl for 2020. Thank you very much. And just, just quickly, Caden Brown from Australia out of Sydney. He had his qualifying night last night and um, he, I'm pretty sure he transferred into A-Main and I think he might have run in the top 10 actually, which is a really good effort for the young Caden. He's he's a leading light in the Australian speed car racing and... One, one to certainly look out for. And Dennis is no doubt Caden is putting his name on the map over there once again.
2: Yeah, he is. I can give you an update on that. He finished ninth in the A main, Craig. That's exactly right. Also out of Brisbane, Barry Valentino is over there. He's got a two-car team and uh, Peter Paulson's driving the other car and the team's well equipped and uh, he runs on Thursday night, so um, we'll keep. Uh, the interest there as far as the Australian involvement is concerned. Keep your eyes open for the statistics and the results of these upcoming nights at the Chili Bowl. And, um, we, we would like to see, um, you know, the Australians do well. Caden Brown in particular has had a massive, uh, season. He's, he's raced in New Zealand and, uh, he's probably the most travelled Australian speed car driver this season. He, as you know, uh, late last year, he, he raced in California and driving for a uh, Californian owner, Matt Wood. Uh, he did um, Placer early did um, Bakersfield, and, of course, he ran in the Turkey Night uh, Thanksgiving Day Grand Prix at race Raceway. So plenty of experience for the young fella and uh, 20, 20 uh, sorry, 19 years of age and uh, uh, the world is at his feet and uh, he's getting this international... Competition, And he did very well in New Zealand. He ran in six international events over there and, and performed extremely well against some very tough opposition. But all interest at the moment, as you say, Craig, is on the Tilly Bowl and, uh, and we await the results in coming days. And, of course, the final, Saturday night in the US, uh, Sunday, early Sunday afternoon, uh, Eastern Standard, Australian time. Um, so we watch with great interest.
1: Mm. Well, we'll take a pause for the moment and come back with our feature interviewer this week who, well, probably no surprise to some, it's Howard Revell.
0: Inside Speedway is available on sportsradio.com.au, iTunes, Spotify and the DirtTrackchannel.com.
1: Dennis, it's interesting when we get to have a chance to chat to different people from the Speedway scene and as it's Legends Week on the show... We decided we kick it off with Howard Revell. It's great to have Howard on the program. How are you, Howard? Good to talk to you.
4: Yeah, very well, thanks, Dennis and Craig.
2: I guess, um, Howard, uh, changing times on the Sydney scene, um, how do you feel about all of this? Uh, you've seen all this years ago with the, the uh, closure of the Sydney showground, and of course, the uh, Uh, That was a big loss in Sydney. You've you've been through all this once before.
4: Well, yeah, that's right. Um, Losing the Sydney Showground was, well, a bit of a kick in the pants for most of the competitors because Sydney Showground was uh, a unique racing circuit. Um, Anyone that ever raced there will always tell you uh, it was one of the best venues they ever raced at. Uh, It had an atmosphere about it. Um, racing would start with the solos into the sidecars and then speed cars would come on a little later in the evening but the atmosphere at the showground was just enormous as soon as the tapes would fly up all the lighting would go down in the grandstands and the only lighting on the uh, perimeter was over the top of the track uh, and as soon That's as the races it, were finished, yeah, as soon as the races were finished, all the lights would light up in the stands again. It was yep. Yep. just yep. completely was, different.
2: Yeah, yep. it was a show within a show. There's no no question about that. The massive crowd. Tell me, Howard, yeah, the, uh, you've been you've gone. Sorry.
4: I was just going to say the competitors felt like gladiators at the Coliseum. And it was it just had that happens to be a, Yeah.
2: Yeah, it, it certainly did, and it, when it was a, a big track, a narrow track, and a dangerous track. Um, we never lose sight of the yeah, fact yeah. that 20, 28 people lost their lives there over the years, um, from you know 19, 1929 onwards to its final uh, uh, closure, uh, permanent closure, of course, uh, the regular season-by-season racing, finished in 79-80, but... Uh, the ultimate uh, after that was just a yearly meeting, as you know. Howard, what I was going to ask you, now you've followed the progress here of the developments at Valvoline Raceway. Um, what, what is it like as a competitor to know that a track where you have become basically, you started your career or, you know, it's your home track, you know it, then all of a sudden it's gone and you got to start again. Now, I guess... Some of the competitors today, with the news of the uh, ultimate uh, demolition of Valvoline Raceway or the demise of Valvoline Raceway to make way for the Metro West, uh, Metro West Railing, what would the competitors yeah. be feeling at the moment, do you think?
4: Well, at the moment, they're at a loss. I don't know what's happening. Uh, they hear stories. But until those stories uh, come to light, no one really knows. Uh, you'll find that there will be competitors dropping out of the sport. Um, distance is another thing for some. They've, people that live on the north side of Sydney, they're not going to be travelling all the way over to the uh, western side to racing. So you'll probably find that there will be people lost there as well. Um with the Sydney Showground, we were sort of moved out to Liverpool. Uh, and that was a completely different experience altogether because we came from a trad- traditional racing circuit with solo sidecars and speed cars. Then we went to a circuit which was prominently sedan cars. So it was just a different atmosphere altogether. And of course, uh, and in the latter. Go on.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, in the latter stages, of course, around around the, the later latter part of the 60s, of course, uh, like the 1968 winter season was the first appearance of Ezra Midgets at, at Liverpool, but you still had the Sydney showground even in those days, so you're going from one to the other, uh, which was quite a transformation of a D-shaped smaller circuit at Liverpool and, uh, a, and a third of a mile X-shaped Sydney showground. But Howard, what I was going to say—the most critical thing with the news of Valvoline Raceway—and and, and uh, ultimately, when the lease runs out on the thirtieth of June, twenty twenty-one, that will be it, according to how it stands at the moment. And and a and a day in politics is a long time, so we can only go on what we've we've got and what we've heard and all the 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 news of surrounding all of this. But I think the most important thing, Howard, is the fact that we do not need a lapse or a time gap between the old and the new. We saw this happen with the drag racing people who when they lost Castle Roy, I think they went five years yep. without a, a replacement drag strip. This is the last thing we need for Speedway.
4: Oh, that would certainly hurt Speedway badly. Um, to get something up and running once it's finished is near impossible. Uh, no with oh, yeah. real damage to sport
2: yeah yeah and and where does it go to from there Eric? well I mean, if, it, if it's if not, it's if, it's dragging, not a, if it's not a continual flow what happens
4: You'd probably find the speedway will die off in sydney yeah yeah that's my feeling yeah they cannot afford a, a break of any length um, it that. just won't work. Yeah. yeah like that, that's, the that. new race track has got to be up and running when the old one closes. Just, uh, we, just on that,
2: yeah, just on that. there's been um, a fair bit of discussion about what type of track there needs to be out there at Eastern Creek or wherever it goes. What are your thoughts on that?
4: They need a, uh, a reasonable-sized track, um, similar length to Parramatta or Valvoline Raceway Uh, they don't want to go smaller Um, especially for sprint cars Uh, sprint cars on small racetracks don't really work. It's got to be at least the same length as uh, Valvoline. Surfaces, well I can't see them getting away from the clay these days what are your uh, thoughts on that, Howard? Clay is good you- if it's prepared good and if it's good quality clay. Like when we moved from Liverpool to um, uh, PCR in those days, uh, the clay was very, very tacky. You'd walk across the, the circuit and you'd literally pull your feet out of your shoes. The shoes would stick to the, the clay. And when the speed car started running there, we had so many cars up on two wheels because they were getting so much grip. Even though on the pavement you get grip, but you also get the cars to slip. We weren't getting that on the the climb. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I just want to reiterate on a point that you made I thought was was valid. Um, We we do not want a ball ring, uh, although... I just come from Lismore on Tuesday night and I found saw them probably one of the best sprint car races I've ever seen on a bullring. Yeah. But that's the exception to the rule. It was World Series and each each of the drivers, professional and all the rest of it. But we do need a track to accommodate today's sprint car and speed car technology, uh, definitely. You know, we, we do not want a, a really small track. We need a properly built speedway track in, in Sydney that will take us to the future, not only... Technology-wise, facility-wise, it's got to be done properly, Howard.
4: That's right. uh, I only hope the people involved in doing this uh, new track program are aware of what's involved. Um, It's just not a five-minute job to build a racing circuit. and I don't know if these guys are switched on enough to realise this. What's needed in facilities, spectators? Uh, It's just, they should have been planning this months ago. Whether they have or not, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Uh, Um, I agree with Howard. Just uh, by way of wrapping this segment up, you've raced on a lot of tracks, not only here in Australia, but also in the United States and New Zealand. If you had to build a track, what would be your blueprint?
4: Well, I I was very fond of Western Springs, the old Western Springs.
1: So you want a Uh, velodrome around it.
4: (laughs) Yeah, well, that won't work either. (laughs) Um, It was quite good. There again, PCR, sorry, uh, Liverpool City Raceway in the early days was quite good. However that was for the cars back in that era the cars today uh, are getting more uh, suspension, travel, more drive and um, they need something better than what Liverpool was in the early days um, so to answer your question the tracks I raced on back in the 70s are not suited for today's cars uh, but the shape of um, of uh, Western Springs I did like that and there's a couple other race tracks in America which I thought were pretty cool but um, today they're just not working like with the, today's cars I know the Chili Bowl's on at the moment and that's a little boring but it's a show that, that, that race is not for anything it's just a, a show race Uh, They get the entries there It is small, but a lot of damage does occur Uh, It's not a track you'd want to race at every weekend So, yeah, I'm glad I'm not planning it
1: (laughs) Well, thanks very much for your time And for being our first guest Or our first major guest on Inside Speedway
4: Well, thank you very much, guys, for having me on Great to have you,
1: Howard Yeah, absolutely delighted to have you on the show Thanks very much, Howard Yeah, thank you for your time so, from the past, Howard Revell, what are you looking forward to this weekend, Dennis? Well,
2: uh, the Lead Raceway here in Sydney uh, has got the ultimate uh, Speedway Nationals. That's probably the prime event in the country uh, this weekend. Uh, very impressive lineup of talent, again, featuring prominent American and and staters and a lot of the drivers from World Series Sprint cars are heading down the coast and heading on down to Warrnambool when, of course, as we know, the the emphasis will soon be on the Grand Annual Sprint Car Classic at Premier Speedway, Warnerville. That is a magnitude, of massive event. Um, so uh, it'll be a top show, two week, uh, two nights, uh, um, Friday and Saturday night, January 17 and 18, at Valvoline once. So I, I do think on the national calendar, that is probably the bigger of the event.
1: Well, we look forward to seeing how that all pans out in the weekend ahead and dennis look forward to catching up with you next week
0: as we we uh, talk more inside speedway
2: good thanks very much craig
0: tune in next week for promoters week on inside speedway inside speedway is produced by thunder media any reproduction, accounts, or descriptions of the program without written permission from Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine. On sale now.